Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast from Visit Aurora from the Raptors of the Stanley Marketplace. This is the show dedicated to telling the stories of Aurora, Colorado. Hi there, I'm Dave, Senior Marketing Manager for Visit Aurora. In the heart of the Aurora Cultural Arts District, you'll find La Victoria Healing Kitchen, a community space that was created to support chefs, bakers, and makers who craft products that promote health and wellness while seeking to uplift community well-being. Today, I'm proud to be joined by its founder, Katie Goldman. Hi. Thank you for coming in on a uh, dreary, cold, rainy morning. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Katie, please correct me if I'm wrong. You're a licensed architect? Yeah. You you went to school for that. Yep. Wild Jayhawk. Nice. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Go all the way. Yes. Uh, what, what drew you to architecture and what was your initial vision in that career path? So I was always the kid that was making cities um, out of constructs and Legos. And instead of playing Barbie, I was making Barbie houses. And I always stole my brother's micro machines and like built cities <laughs> for them. Okay. So I was that kid. And um, I, my mother actually was doing her master's degree when I was in middle school. She's a teacher. And she interviewed an interior designer as a part of her master's degree. And that person explained to me, I don't know why she took me on this trip with her, but we did. We interviewed this lady. And she explained to me that, you know, she picked all the colors and textures and the furniture. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like what I do. And then I was like, well, how do you get to determine where the wall goes? Right. And she was like, oh, that's an architect. And I'm like, I want that level of okay. control. And so from that moment on, I was like, I'm, I'm an architect. And that's just what I did. I just like, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so I went, that's the path I went on. Yeah. You also spent time with a major food corporation for a spell. Did that experience lay the, f the foundation or the groundwork for, for being immersed in the business side of the culinary industry for you? Yeah. So my architectural path actually took me into the culinary world okay. really quickly. So, um, out of school and while I was still in school at KU, um, I interned for a small firm that was located outside of Kansas City. Chipotle was their main client. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got introduced to the food service industry through architecture servicing Chipotle. Um, on and off throughout my career, they've been one of my clients. Um, and then I took a job working inside the corporation of Qdoba years later. Yeah. And so that's where the intersection of food and architecture kind of came to being. And that's where I kind of saw some more of the business side of things. And so I have this unique perspective of in-service to food service operators and also being the operator requesting the services to get put out. It's almost like you're perfectly equipped for a small <laughs> business incubation, which we'll talk about. A I'm a bit. magical unicorn. <laughs> yeah. um, in 2019, you launched Oju. Yes, uh, thank you for saying it right. Thank you. Uh, a consultancy practice for small restaurants. Was that born out of an understanding that in order to succeed, small businesses need real support in, in able to get off the ground? Yeah, so um, the the impetus of that was working with Qdoba. Um, I, we rebranded Qdoba. Mm -hmm. And I was on the senior leadership team doing that. Um, I was the only woman in the room. I was the only architect in the room. and. Once we got through the design side of it and got into implementation, all of the holes just started popping up. And, you know, Qdova was this place with massive resources, just human resources, dollars behind them. We had the wherewithal to get it done. 
But as we were doing that, I started thinking, how do the small guys do this? Yeah. And that's really what drove me to launch Oju is these services should not be unattainable to other people. Professional services should not be unattainable. And you shouldn't have to as a food service operator that's trying to open your first shop or you have one shop and you're trying to open two more. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to hire seven different professional services and thread that needle. Restaurants are hard enough to operate. Right. And I was like, we can do a one-stop shop. And that's what Oju is. Uh, speaking of businesses being hard to operate, 10 months later, <laughs> the pandemic arrives. Yes. Restaurants and small businesses in particular find themselves in peril. How was Oju able to be nimble and navigate through the last couple of years? Yeah, um, well, uh, it's a good question, thanks. Um, so for Oju, like what my heart was in terms of offering services to restaurateurs, I just immediately engaged as much as I could with anybody in the local community saying, hey, if you need any support, all of these guidelines are just rolling out and they're changing every 24 hours. Yeah. If you need somebody to be your cat herder, I'm here free of charge. Just tell me what you need. Some restaurateurs were like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. nobody does anything for free. Right. Um, and then some restaurateurs who, you know, I've frequented, they kind of knew me. They were like, here, yeah. do this for me. And I'm still supporting some of those. Like the patio expansion program, for example, is still active and going. It's actually going through another evolution right now. I'm still supporting clients with that. And I haven't charged them once for it. I imagine that time was incredibly challenging, lots of difficulties, but also maybe fulfilling as well because you were handing a life support raft to a lot of these businesses. How did you personally kind of compartmentalize the last couple of years and, and how did you emerge from this experience? Well, Chipotle was also one of my my clients during the pandemic. Yeah. So Chipotle took a, uh, the opportunity to re redo some things internally. And so that was my lifeline. Yeah. Um, so a previous client for me turned into my lifeline, which afforded me the ability to help other people. And so that's really kind of how I navigated it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I actually haven't thought about it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, only 10, well, you just said 10 months later. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, it was 10 months later. Like I mean, it's, it's hard to, to reflect on it. Cause when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's just, you're just going right. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think this is probably the first time I've actually <laughs> thought about it. Um, earlier I called you the founder of La Victoria healing kitchen, which feels like too clinical a word for who you really are. You, you manifested the vision of La Victoria during a meditation exercise. Yes. If you're open to sharing, can you describe that vision? Yeah. Um, so I, as you mentioned, I was in a meditation um, and my grandmothers who are both passed on, Virginia and Odessa, they, they spoke to me during the meditation and told me that I needed to create a container and call it a healing kitchen. And I'm like a little emotional because it still like resonates with me. Yeah. I came out of that meditation. It was the most vivid gift I have ever been given during a meditation. And I came home and I looked my husband dead in the eye and I said, I have to open a healing kitchen. <laughs> he looked back at me. I meant, you know, he's been, we've been together for like over 25 years. Uh, he was like, yeah, okay, what's that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, okay. I don't know what that is, but go do it. I've got your back, Nice. whatever that is. And um, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have him behind me, just trusting me and what I want to create. Um, I wouldn't 
La Victoria wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here where we're at in the stage. Like he's my rock and a Jayhawk too. Did you go into that meditation, like setting an intention for a direction or did it just kind of no, to you? it totally manifested itself. I, I just wanted to root myself and ground myself in figuring out like, what is my path? I, and I don't was, it wasn't even a meditation, like in that intentional space. It was, right. I just went into the meditation, grounding myself and trying to understand what my next step was. And this is what came to me and um, didn't know what that meant. And after a couple of days, I realized that the idea was reawakening myself. It was part of my own healing journey. Yeah. All of these bits and pieces of me that I had kind of tucked away through my own architectural journey. I loved my architectural journey. I still, I don't play architect the real way anymore. Yeah. But I tucked things away because I thought that those weren't the right things because they didn't fit what I was told or framed in my own mind what an architect was supposed to be. Yeah. And so it was reawakening some of those parts and pieces and then figuring out how they all connect together and that they can all coexist and I can be who I am front and center and not be apologetic for it. In that same vein, you know, La Victoria Healing Kitchen seems to represent the blending of your business acumen with your spiritual journey and, and general value system. Is that a fair characterization? 100%. Values lead everything, um, every decision that I make in this. In, in a Facebook post, you describe La Victoria Healing Kitchen as more than an instructional space or a shared kitchen. At its heart, it's business incubation. Can you expound on that a little bit for me? Yeah, so I think like like you were mentioning earlier, the I don't remember which term it was, but it was too kind of prescriptive or too formal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think business incubation is kind of <laughs> the the too formal version of the description. Right. But the idea is I how do I explain this the right way? I rally people around ideas so that action occurs. That's business incubation to me. Yeah. That's why Oju started, right? a small business owner has this idea and they need to move it forward. Let me wrap my head around that idea for you and help you move it forward. The healing kitchen, which is the instructional space, and the incubator kitchen, which is the shared kitchen space, those have that drive behind them too. What is your idea? How can I rally around you and help you move it forward? And that expands out to the community on top of it, Not, but it starts with the business, yeah. right? Like. That's that's kind of the dream. Like the majority of our economy, which I didn't really realize this until I started writing a business plan, <laughs> but the majority of our co economy is small business. Yeah. And like that's the heart of it. So like why is it so difficult? Stop making it difficult. Let's take down those barriers and if I can make any if I can make like one little blip of difference in that from what I've gone through and what I've learned and help other people in the community, yeah, then I've done something. And that's the business incubation piece. Is there one business that you've supported or you, you've helped grow that you're particularly proud of that you, you helped guide that vision? Is there one that really stands out that you feel really connected to? There's a couple mm -hmm. and I'll say like some of them, like it, it's a circle, right? Like you, you, you make, it's not even a circle, it's a spiral and healing works this way too. You're constantly going and moving and it feels sometimes like if you're not recognizing it, you're just on the same circle. You found yourself here again, 
but really you're in the cylinder and you're moving up and you're learning lessons and you're growing and expanding. And so some of them are on those different paths, but I worked with a, a small coffee company here in Denver who they're roasting and importing their own beans. And they had this great big vision to want to go and open a kiosk at Denver. And I helped them put their package together and we created what their coffee brand looks like in reality, um, aside from the bag of beans that they had designed. Right. They didn't get the bid, but they grew in their understanding of what they wanted their business to be. And um, and we still talk to each other. I think that's actually one of my favorite things. Out of all of my customers, I still talk to all of them. They yeah. become friends. Um, for La Victoria, um, a woman introduced herself to me. She was over at the library, which is right, the Martin Luther King Library is mm -hmm. right over by us. She just saw all of it, walked over, introduced herself while we were under construction. She owned a cleaning business and it collapsed during COVID. She's, a, she's an immigrant and um, she has two young girls. I've hired her. She wow. cleans um, the, the healing kitchen for me that has given her the impetus to go and find other customers like she had something positive happen so those are the two that kind of jump out at me but there's a ton of other ones but yeah i find reward in everything it's interesting though you don't necessarily start out with the vision of reward but you you get these blessings from the universe or whatever you want to call it whether it be in helping somebody explore their dream and expand their vision and evolve that and you also create these wonderful relationships that are invaluable. Did you anticipate bearing that fruit when you began no. this endeavor? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah? No, I didn't. Um, I'm glad that that's what's happened. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do a really good job of maybe not seeing that sometimes myself. Um, but no, I didn't envision that. But it's when I look at it and I can recognize that it's, it's really cool. The Aurora Cultural Arts District is a, a special community in our city. It's an area flush with history, anchored by our important immigrant community. Yes. Uh, it's also an area with an abundance of small businesses and community venues, artists' expressions, and, uh, and intentions, frankly. La Victoria seems to fit right in with its positive momentum. Uh, was selecting that neighborhood intentional or serendipitous? Serendipitous, totally serendipitous. So I called a broker who's a friend of ours and said, I'm going to start looking for a building. I'm going to open a healing kitchen. Don't know what that is, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and he called me. Um, I was visiting a friend at a Doug Urban Garden, and he called me while I was at that garden visiting her. And he's like, okay, I have this building. I'm no longer the, the listing agent or whatever the term is. And he's like, but it's still for sale, and I think you should go check it out. And it wasn't too far away from where I was. And I was yeah. like, okay. And I drove over, and I... There's Doug Urban Garden right behind the building. And I parked there and I just knew yeah. right then and there, like I could feel it. This is where I was supposed to be. I got out of the car, I walked around the building and like my true nerdy architecture self, I just put my hand on the block. It's a CMU block building, that's what she is. Yeah. And I just ran my hand across her and I was like, okay, this is it. Wow. I didn't actually, I didn't know much about the neighborhood at all. I just knew that that's where I was supposed to be. And I called the broker back and I said, okay, how do I buy it? Because I've never done that either. <laughs> like I've never bought, yeah. you know, I, last time I bought a house, but that yeah. was a long time ago. And commercial real estate is way different. Mm -hmm. And he's like, 
do you think you want to schedule to see the inside? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, probably. Good call. Yeah. So uh, they guided me through the steps and, and we were able to purchase it. Um, but I didn't know about the neighborhood, really. I didn't know that the, it was the Arts and Cultural District. I figured that out after the fact. Yeah. I didn't know that it was the most diverse neighborhood in the state, let alone pretty much west of the Mississippi. Right. Um, until I think you hit LA, and I think even then it's questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe questionable is not the right word, but debatable. Debatable. Maybe. That's the better word. <laughs> debatable. And I was like, seriously, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, this is exactly where I need to be. This is what I want to be a part of uplifting and community. And it challenges me too. Like, it challenges me and um, taking care of some of my own biases and, you know, and reintegrating, if you want to, or reprogramming some of my own thoughts. And I love that. Building out the space did not come easy, though. You were faced with lots of challenges, as many projects face, and I'm sure you anticipate some of them, maybe some not so much. What were some of those challenges that you had to overcome? Um, The challenges were really on the financial side. Um, I don't consider myself, like, I'm not, like, big within means. I own a house. Right. Um, You know, my husband and I have been gainfully employed, but, you know, we're not, like, walking around with money bags and throwing cash around. Right. Um, but understanding the financial system in order to make a commercial property purchase and then fund construction was by far the most challenging. And it is, um, it's it's not well documented, I don't think. Um, and so somebody else who maybe doesn't have the education behind them that I'm lucky to have, I no wonder that they get so downtrodden and aren't able to make investments or the barriers that are put up in front of them because of the system. Yeah. Um, I mean, I ran into them. I got paired with a lender who forgot about me at first. Oh, they geez. lost my entire file. So when I we bought the building with them, and then they lost the file. And so it was like when I went to go upgrade the loan to get an SBC loan, a small business loan, we, we went nowhere. It was oh, dead wow. end. So it was like, okay, regroup, redo the business plan, repitch it to a bunch of people, find somebody found another lender, great talk, great game. And then when we, it was time for the rubber to hit the road, goalposts kept moving, mm. kept moving. Mm-hmm. The, the lender kept changing the requirements. And every time I would like, okay, fine, I'll do that next. I'll do that next. Right. Months of that. And then I finally was like, no, I can't do this anymore. Like we were still in the middle of the pandemic. Costs were going crazy. I'm like, I can't keep waiting for this. So it was like, okay, third time's a charm. Let's find another lender. Let's find another path. It should not be that difficult. No, it shouldn't, especially when, (laughs) as you said earlier, our economy relies on small businesses as its major engine. Exactly. So for me, that was the most challenging piece was um, understanding when it was okay to pull the plug, when understanding when you weren't aligned, when you were just getting the mouthpiece. And then I guess, honestly, having the courage to be like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. And that sucked because it basically was like restart three times over. Were you able to employ your architectural acumen in the design of the finished product? Yes. Um, so my husband actually is the, he is also licensed architect oh, as nice. well. Cool. Um, and so he is the actual architect of record because I don't stamp or permit anything anymore. I just keep my license because I work too damn hard for it. That's right. <laughs> I like that. Um, but he did the actual 
permitting piece of it and the the drawings and the documents, I just basically said, no, I don't like the way that looks, change it. Right. And so they, we would change it. Um, yeah, so that's how that worked out. What, what did you learn about yourself during the process of making La Victoria Healing Kitchen a reality? Um, I think this is the first time that I actually let me be me in my design choices. Um, I, like I said before, I kind of put a lot of those things away or tucked them away because I didn't think that they were right. And so making the choices about the colors or the fixtures, um, those were things that I was like, nope, this this is me. This is what La Victoria is supposed to look and feel like, and I'm just going to do it. Looking back, are you not, I don't want to say surprise, that's the wrong word. Were, are you proud of your resilience in following your vision and following it and, and not letting go when maybe it got difficult? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, there are still challenges every day. Yeah. Um, just because the building's open doesn't mean like now we're in a different phase, right? Mm -hmm. It's always a different phase of that. It's that spiral. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why I have that in me. Um, I think that's just part of, I guess, what people would say, that's your entrepreneurial spirit. There you go. <laughs> but that's just part of my DNA. Like, you throw a problem at me, I'm going to find the challenge in it, and I'm going to figure out how to solve it, and I'm just going to keep moving, and I'm not going to give up. I just, I'm relentless that way. Um, I had a former project manager write a review for me, and she called me tenacious. Nice. And I was like, okay, I can, I can like that. I'll take that word. Yeah. But that's what it is. And i that's part of why I resonate with people in the food service industry, because I find that, again, there's challenges thrown at them every day, mm -hmm. and they just pick themselves up and go. The space includes a really impressive shared commercial kitchen. Um, who has access to that space specifically? And, and typically, what is it used for? Yeah, so the industry term is called a commissary. Okay. Um, and that's kind of base level industry terms. And so what that is, is it's a commercial kitchen space so that other people who carry a food service license but maybe don't have a bricks and mortar space or are just creating, don't want a bricks and mortar space like a restaurant, um, they can make their product and then sell it. Um, and it's the commercial kitchen means that the equipment is the appropriate equi equipment so that things are heated to temperature, cooled to temperature properly. The environment is formed properly. It's all about food safety, so we don't get um, people sick. And so, like, if you think of going to your local coffee shop, and they might have a local muffin, and it, you know, it's Dave's muffins. <laughs> um, Dave is making those muffins somewhere in a commercial kitchen in order to sell them through that vendor. Um, and, and there's cottage law, food laws here in Colorado, and so some of those products can still be made at home. Um, but what you see like out at farmer's markets and like the muffin example, anybody who's operating mostly a food truck, um, caterers, those types of businesses need commercial kitchen space, commissary space in order to build their businesses. So they can reach out to you and, and have access to that space? Yeah. Yep. So um, we um, we specifically look for people who have value alignment with what we're doing nice. um, alongside what I call there is some element of healing in what they're doing. That is a big, big term. It could be helping a minority business owner. Um, it could be helping a woman business owner because those there's barriers there. Giving them access provides healing. 
It could be through the nutrition in the product that they're mm -hmm. doing, like if they're lowering inflammation or they're dealing with making meals for diabetics, um, that's healing. Or it could just be a really strong um, community-based, mission-based organization. We actually just, I'm gonna say graduated, I don't know if that's the right term yet because we haven't figured it out, but um, Full Battle Rattle Deli, I'm gonna give Mike a shout out, um, was one of our first users, and he um, specifically serves the homeless population oh, in uh, lots of aspects, not just giving them, like not just providing food. He yeah. provides job training and integration. Um, he just moved out of the kitchen because he was able to take a kitchen, a private kitchen of his own, and stabilize and grow his business in direct correlation with the community that he's serving. But to have him in the kitchen knowing that that's what his mission was, that's healing. Yeah, absolutely. So he fit that description. Um, so yeah, it's it's a big blanket. The, the other aspect of the Healing Kitchen is the great classes that the public can be a part of. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that programming? Yeah, so um, it's all wrapped around the culinary and healing arts. And so we have classes. Again, we're trying to focus everything on health, wellness, and sustainability. Um, so I have an upcoming class um, around Memorial Day. So it'll be actually the weekend before Memorial Day. So you can come in and learn to cook some new recipes for Memorial Day that are heart healthy. So instead of just your normal burger patty, come and learn how to make a lean burger turkey um, it mixes both turkey and lean beef. That's heart healthy. Yeah. Um, and then some other recipes that kind of, again, push that agenda that you can incorporate into your meals with your friends and family. Um, my father had a heart attack, and so I'm always looking at heart health. Yeah. Um, but those types of things. Um, and then we'll also be doing things with um, like healing, like we'll be doing a Sunday uh, tea like come in and learn a, a nice cleansing healing tea blend. We'll blend some tea. We're gonna make some yummy bran muffins. And then I'm actually pushing myself into my own space of my intuition and I'm like, okay, bring your mats. Oh. We're gonna lay out on the floor while those bran muffins are cooking and I'm gonna lead a meditation. I haven't done that before. So oh, cool. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. Zooming out 30,000 feet, why is it important for, for people to be mindful of the businesses they support and the food they consume? Because I think it makes an, it's a small impact that makes a big difference. I, I know it's easy, and I find myself even in this trap. It's easy to go to the big box stores. It's easy to go to those things and just, oh, I'm real quickly going to go do this and, you know, and grab it because of the convenience. But when you can find the local businesses and the small businesses to support that have value alignment, they're more than often not doing something to change the system, yeah. to make things better. And I think that's where the value comes in. And I know there's like these big conversations about corporate responsibility and this and that. Well, you could make that change and that at a, as, at real quickly at just a local level. Um, so I think it's important on that standpoint. And then food, food is nourishment. Food is the way that we share our ideas and our culture. I meant like, I think that the three things, if I were going to point to things, food, art, and music, those things cross language barriers. Mm -hmm. They cross cultural barriers. They're a way for us to learn from one another. And that's part of the reason why the Healing Kitchen exists is I think we've, and COVID amplified this, 
We've forgotten how to be around each other. Yeah. We've forgotten how to be in community with each other. And sometimes when I talk about it, it kind of sounds churchy. It's not churchy, but that idea of like being together with one another and being able to share and exchange an idea, laugh a little, cry even. We've forgotten how to do that together because we've just become a little too polarized. Food is a way for us to come back together, gather around a table and do that again. It's funny, I've been lucky to interview so many business owners and, and the common theme is creating community. Yeah. Sure, the beer is cool. Sure, you know the restaurant is cool, but creating that community is kind of this uh, higher level uh, reward that comes out of these endeavors. And I think that can't be overstated, especially like you said, coming out of this pandemic. Yeah, it, it seems that people are becoming more mindful of where they spend their dollar, and and even food in general, the the food they consume. How do you see the future of the healing food industry evolving over the next few years? Um, I think we're going to see a big expansion in it. Um, I think that we are going to see a consolidation in on on a on a bigger level. We're going to see a lot more consolidation. So um, we're going to see like grocery stores kind of collapse into bigger buckets, if you will. So like right now, Kroger and Safeway are like talking about a merger. Mm -hmm. So like that creates a smaller system at the big level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of that. But then what that's going to do is it's going to drive localization. It's going to drive the idea. The idea is already there. People are already talking about our food systems and how they're not really connected to seasonality. They're not connected to locality. And we're we're experiencing all of the the defects of that system, and as the consolidation happens, it's going to only amplify that yeah. stuff. So we're going to turn into what's my local farmer doing? What's in season right now? How can I eat it? How can I get that into the community? That's the way that we're going to be able to nourish and make up all of the discrepancies that are there. The more that we focus. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, it's it's about evolving understanding and consciousness about yeah. the, not only what you're putting in your body, but the system that supports that. Right. And I think mm -hmm. like it, in in some respects, it's, it's coming back to the understanding of previous generations and the way that they used to eat. Yeah. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why the kitchen's named the way it's named. Yeah. Um, but like, if you think of the World War II era, Victory Gardens, the United States was in a food shortage supply. Yeah. Um, and so Victory Gardens emerged. Communities came together and created gardens to feed themselves and their neighbors. And that's, Victoria is victory in Spanish. And so that's part of that name. My grandmothers talked to me about those Victory Gardens. And so like that resurgence of, okay, we can grow things for each other. We can support each other. We cannot be afraid of our neighbors. Right. We don't have to agree with everybody on everything, but we can support each other. Just a couple more questions for you. And again, thank you so much for taking the time. What's been the most rewarding thing for you when it comes to La Victoria Healing Kitchen? What are you really, what really makes you light up? Um, I think seeing that it's happening. I, for the shared kitchen, I had a onboarding, my first onboarding and I had seven new concepts um, come in and I was supposed to get up and talk and explain like my vision, even though I'd kind of already individually told them all. 
And I just like sat there and cried instead because I was like, it is here. It's like happening. what I manifested or what I intended is manifesting. It's like sitting right here in front of me. And I like, you can see I'm like tearing up yeah. right now. Just like, I can't believe that I did that. Like it is just incredibly rewarding and humbling. And the first class that I held, um, same thing. Like, I can't believe that these people are showing up in this space to have this experience with me and it's happening. <laughs> I, it just, it floors me. Where does it go from here? How does La Victoria Healing Kitchen evolve? Come to the kitchen. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, getting the word out. Um, we're putting out the calendars, getting people in to take the classes. Um, we're going to have some great collaborations coming up as well. Um, with, uh, Melissa Ivy, who is a doula, an indigenous doula. Um, I probably just labeled that wrong, but I'll correct myself. And then, um, Rebel Bread, we're going to be doing some collaborations with, um, talking also in the area with people like Aaron Vega and James um, Grievous. Grievous with Rebel Farms. Yeah. Yep, so the, that sort of collaboration, I'm really excited about that and getting to know some more of the neighbors, but um, yeah, just really like activating the space and, and becoming a part of the community. Well, Katie, I just have to say thank you for what you've brought to Aurora and what you've brought specifically to our community. This is a shining light and a very important endeavor and, and it is not uh, without notice, the the positivity that you've brought to our community. Thank you. I'm really, really excited to be a part of it, and um, I'm excited to keep growing and, and making something positive happen here. She's the founder. She's the owner. She's the chief manifester of La Victoria Healing Kitchen, uh, located at 1427 Elmira Street in Aurora. You can learn more at LaVictoriaHK.com. And make sure to follow on Facebook at La Victoria HK. Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast. Visit Aurora is the official destination marketing organization for the city of Aurora, Colorado, and acts as the primary liaison between meeting planners and hotel partners. As Aurora's convention and visitors bureau, Visit Aurora's mission is grounded in showcasing Aurora as a premier destination for meetings, business, and leisure travel. Visit Aurora represents more than 75 plus hotel properties with 13,500 plus guest rooms and more than 1 million square feet of meeting space, including Colorado's largest resort, Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. As Colorado's third largest city, Aurora is located minutes away from Denver International Airport and showcases mountain views, memorable meeting spaces, and 250 plus international eateries that offer a unique experience for each and every visitor. As the gateway to the Rockies, Visit Aurora's role in the local community goes beyond marketing the city as a destination. The Visit Aurora team is here to assist you with your Colorado visit from facilitating your meeting, event, or convention to helping you discover local flavor and attractions. Go beyond the boardroom in Aurora, Colorado. For more, visit us at visitaurora.com.